Welcome to Medicus, a student-run podcast about any and all things in the world of medicine. Follow along as we interview outstanding individuals about important topics in healthcare. Hi, all, and welcome back to Medicus. My name is Rasa, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing a young doctor whose path was completely changed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Samantha Peterson is a trained family medicine physician who, inspired by what she saw fighting on the front lines of the pandemic, decided to go back and pursue a second residency. Welcome, Sam. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, Ross. It's great to be here, and thanks for having me. So can you introduce yourself to our listeners, touching on your journey into medicine? Yeah, of course. So initially, starting off with my background, I'm originally from Wisconsin. I went to UW-Madison for my undergraduate training uh, where I studied uh, nutritional sciences and German there. And then I graduated, I ended up going to uh, Chicago College of Osteopathic Medicine in Downers Grove. And then I went into a residency here at Franciscan in Olympia Fields. So kind of the journey, you know, even just getting to medicine kind of goes back. My mom is an ER nurse and she would always have really exciting stories. She actually went to nursing school when I was in kindergarten, uh, kind of around that time. Mm -hmm. So I remember coming home and she'd have all these medical textbooks out. And of course, I was like, well, look at these crazy pictures. And, <laughs> you know, kind of since then, she kind of fostered my interest in medicine and helping others. I think that's a huge tenant of medicine as well. So I, I thought medicine would be the perfect career because you only uh, not only have those scientific principles and uh, the scientific method, but you also have the joy of helping others and having a service-based career as well. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. Both my parents were very encouraging me moving forward with that. And that's how I ended up here today. Wow, very cool. So what led you to initially choose a family medicine residency? Yeah, so interesting uh, to back up one step further. I actually initially was interested in anesthesia. So coming into med school, I loved the procedures and I really enjoyed the kind of pharmacology behind anesthesia. And that's actually initially where I ended up matching into was anesthesia up in Milwaukee, actually. Uh, but when I was there, I found that I liked my interactions with people. You do actually a lot of internal medicine in that first year of anesthesia. And uh, I ended up switching and I switched into a family medicine, a career where I knew I would be, you know, interacting with people a little bit more regularly since I found myself to actually be more attracted to that at the end of the day. And you can still do procedures with family medicine, which I'm sure is appealing as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a big part of it as well. Lots of procedures, you know, outpatient procedures. And if you do rural family medicine, there's even more procedures you can do with that as well. So yeah, exactly. The more interaction with people, the kind of outpatient things. I really enjoyed that as well. So I ended up going to family medicine and I went to Franciscan Hospital in Olympia Fields, which is where I actually did a lot of my medical school training. So it kind of felt like going back home in a way. So I ended up choosing family medicine and I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of inpatient, there's outpatient, there's procedures. I tell people it's almost like advanced medical school because, you know, you're doing every, you're doing OB, you're doing surgery, you're doing inpatient, outpatient. So you're really doing a little bit of everything, which I really enjoyed. So that's kind of where I ended up doing family medicine and why I ended up choosing that. And then in the middle of my second year is really when COVID started. So that was uh, 2020. And of course, we all kind of know how that went. A lot of family medicine is outpatient based, but because of the severe needs of the inpatient parts of the hospital, that's where most of the patients were needed attention. So a lot of us family medicine residents were rerouted from our outpatient clinics and to do either kind of virtual clinics or inpatient. 
So I was happy to do inpatient because it's I'm more hands-on. I like to kind of be where the action is. So I ended up actually in March of 2020, I was in the ER. I was doing the emergency medicine rotation. And that was kind of the start of it all. So I was already seeing patients right from the get-go. And then um, I just kind of kept seeing them. And our hospital was pretty heavily hit by COVID. So I saw a huge number of COVID patients and just kind of kept going along with that. And I learned to enjoy that aspect of medicine as well. Awesome. So can you talk about more what it's been like working as a primary care resident during the pandemic? I know you touched about what it was like for you in the beginning, but what is it like now? Are the most severe cases that you see in the unvaccinated? Do you have any predictions for the future regarding the virus and maybe treatments? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So touching on being primary care during COVID, um, during the beginning, it was kind of a shift to the inpatient world. But then as things started to open back up a little bit more, uh, we started to have some clinic visits. Uh, We were doing a mix of in-person and virtual visits, telephone calls, things like that. So that's kind of how that progressed. And again, now with things becoming a little bit more open, we were doing more clinical-based in-person visits and all that as well. Getting a little bit more into the severity of cases, things like that. I would say, yeah, definitely. Uh, We see more severe cases in the unvaccinated population. Again, just recently, we're seeing a more spike in these, even with people who are vaccinated, but maybe not boosted. uh, We're seeing some severe cases with them as well right now in the current stage. But when the vaccines first came out, so this was back in probably around maybe, you know, March, April, the vaccines came out. And a lot of people were coming in, they had their first dose, but maybe not their second dose. And those people were getting sick, those people we saw admitted in the hospital. And then we saw a drop off in cases. And most of the ones we did see were unvaccinated. We saw a little bit of a rise with Delta over the summer. And then it kind of quelled down a little bit. But then most recently, of course, just over the past few weeks, we've been seeing another huge rise in cases. Still the most severe are being with the unvaccinated. But again, now we're seeing some breakthrough cases with vaccinated people as well. So it's it's hard to say, you know, where this is going to go in the future. But definitely, I think getting the booster shot is important. And again, with what we're seeing right now, kind of going back and not doing as much social activity, things like that for now. Yeah, thank you for walking us through that. I think it's really hard for the general public and for all of us. The vaccines came out and you thought, oh, wow, this is going to be over soon. Mm -hmm. And then you see something like Omicron come around. And again, we see these massive spikes and are being told again to mask up and to social distance and, you know, kind of taper down our holiday plans. It's definitely hard, but I think, like you said, it's important to follow all of the public health guidelines, get vaccinated and take all of those precautions. And hopefully, you know, in 2022, we'll get past this. Right. I think the hard part is a lot of people say they're over the pandemic, but COVID's not over the pandemic. And that's the hard part, you know, so it's I understand people get fatigued and they want to go out and do things. But unfortunately, COVID is not over this pandemic. And we're still seeing so many cases right now. So it's Again, it's just a matter of being safe and kind of going back to what we knew before and social distancing, masking up and doing all those precautions that we know are helpful in, you know, mitigating the spread of the disease. Absolutely. Can you pinpoint the moment in time when you knew you wanted to pursue an additional training in the form of an infectious disease residency? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I I do. Uh, I remember I was working my second straight month of infectious disease. 
and the infectious disease attending, Dr. Azad, she's the one who's really been my mentor and guiding me through this process. She's the one who actually brought it up. Nobody else did. And I think in part because who would want to do another residency and then fellowship? Literally no one. Exactly, exactly. Nobody wants to do that, right? So I think, you know, people could see I was kind of enjoying this and really getting into this pandemic and taking care of COVID patients. But again, who would bring that up? But she actually mentioned that. She said, you know, you should consider going into infectious disease. And I said, well, that's, you know, that's really great, but I'm family medicine. You know, unfortunately, in family medicine, there are a lot of fellowship opportunities out there, but they're primarily outpatient based. The closest Mm -hmm. I could have gotten to infectious disease is doing an outpatient HIV or hepatitis type of fellowship, which is good. But I was really actually starting to enjoy more of the inpatient nature of infectious disease. So she said, well, do another residency and then do fellowship. I thought, well, that's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So I I thought, wow, that's a lot of work, but why not? You know, I thought, what else am I doing? You know, am I just going to start my career in family medicine, which I could do, but I really liked the idea of getting more training and doing a little bit more um, academic work just because mm-hmm. I, I really was so interested in this field that was coming alive. So I really, uh, I thought about it for a while. And then I thought, let's explore this option a little bit more. So I looked into it a little bit more. And we uh, contacted the ABIM, which is the uh, American Board of Internal Medicine. They're basically the ones who tell you how much work you would need to do to basically sit for the boards. And they said, if you've had six months of family medicine and six months of IM specialties at an institution that also has an IM program, then you get basically a year's worth of credit. So I learned that I would have to do actually just another two years instead of, yeah, instead of a full three-year IM residency, which is the normal length. So get the skip intern year. Is that the one? Yeah. So I thought, okay, as long as I get to skip intern year, that's (laughs) that's a deal for me. Right. So so I thought, yeah, you know, it, it is a fair amount more training to do two years of residency and then another two years of fellowship. But I talked to a lot of different attendings about it. And surprisingly, most of them thought this is a good idea. Just mm-hmm. training, if you're passionate about it, that's what's most important. And that was my priority. You know, in medicine, I think it's most important to find what you really enjoy and what you can get up with every day and think, this is going to be exciting. I'm going to see new mm-hmm. pieces. I'm going to think today. I'm going to see something new and exciting. And I think for me, infectious disease, that's absolutely what I found is it was always something new, something exciting. COVID alone was, I always tell everyone it's a very real time medicine where the whole world came together to research this, to find vaccines. And I really enjoyed that. It was very real time how COVID came about and still is coming about. And then on top of COVID, just absolutely everything else in the infectious disease world is so uh, unique. There's so many different cases that encompass the whole body, so many different fields that meet up with infectious disease. So COVID and then everything else, I just really was really excited about it. And I thought, I can't just let this go. You know, I don't want to go into my career and think, man, you know, I should have considered going into this. I thought, I'm just going to do this now. I know it's more training, but I made the decision to proceed with that. So, But I do think it's probably easier for you to just go straight through into residency rather than, you know, become an attending in family medicine and then decide you want to go back. Absolutely. Probably the right call to make. I also remember in med school during second year learning about all the bugs and I thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed how it was kind of like a puzzle where you look at the characteristics of the bug, the presentation and try and solve 
which one it is. It was really neat. So did you have any exposure to infectious disease as a specialty during medical school? And do you think that you would have pursued it originally if you had more exposure? Or do you feel like you really needed the pandemic to serve as a catalyst? Right. In medical school, I did have an infectious disease rotation. And the funny thing is, it was actually exactly where I'm doing residency now. So, yeah, right. Full circle. Absolutely full circle. So as a third year medical student, I did a rotation at Franciscan and Olympia Fields, which is where I'm at now. And at that time, I loved it. It was probably my favorite rotation. I, I had a lot of really great rotations, but I absolutely loved it. Now, the thing that I thought was kind of funny is I didn't particularly love my general IM. And I thought, well, I love ID and I would love to do ID, but I didn't want to go and do three years of something that I wasn't entirely passionate about, the general medicine, to get to that route. So I thought, you know, again, that's when I was thinking anesthesia. So I did actually have a really big interest in ID actually as a medical student as well. But again, I just didn't choose to pursue it at that time just because of the time and I didn't care for my general IM rotation as much, which is really ironic considering now I've taken just about the most roundabout way. So it it is funny because it did kind of come full circle. I did an ID rotation as a third year med student and now I'm back here again doing more ID rotations as a uh, resident there now. Awesome. I love it. So aside from time, what are some other downsides to extending your training by doing a second residency? Right. So I think that the biggest downsides probably anyone would be able to tell you is time and money are probably the Mm -hmm. biggest things. And you probably know med school is not cheap. So that's a pretty significant chunk of change to lose when you have resident salary versus an attending salary. So you're losing time. You're losing time that you'd be able to be as an attending, but you're also um, losing that attending salary as well. I think offhand, those were kind of the two major things I thought about when I was pursuing an additional residency. But again, I talked to a lot of people who were really helpful in my decision. And for me, money wasn't the main reason I went into medicine. So I wasn't entirely concerned about that. And time-wise, I'm still pretty young. I, I Med school was always my first career, so I didn't have another career before this. So I'm fortunate in that I'm still pretty young in my career. So Both of those things, although they were considerations for me when I was thinking about this process, I wasn't entirely turned off by the prospect of losing some time or money instead of pursuing a passion, because to me, that's what is really exciting. I'd much rather have something I'm really passionate about that I'm excited to do at work every day over a little bit of extra time or money that kind of comes and goes. No, absolutely. I think anytime anyone brings up, oh, like as a physician, you make so much money, that's a good deal. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, if you want to make money, go into something Finance. else. Yeah, don't, don't do medicine. <laughs> <laughs> this is not where the money is at. So how do you envision your career then once you've completed all this training? Do you think you'll remain dual board certified or do you want to focus in on infectious disease? Right. So I did complete my family medicine board certification. So I'm fully boarded and licensed in family medicine. And in the future, I think it's a really unique opportunity to have up to three different board certifications. So I would, Mm -hmm. after my IM residency, I would be boarded in IM and then in infectious disease as well. So I think it would be, it might be a challenge, but I think I already have the training. And ideally, because there's so much overlap between, especially FM and IM, there's a lot of similarity. Um, I think it would be doable to maintain different board certifications, both FM, IM, and then infectious disease as well. 
Again, it's time and money to do those things as well. But again, I have a very broad interest. I really like ID. Again, that's I, I'm really passionate. I, I'm fascinated by infectious disease. But at the same time, I think it would be very, if I can, if I have the time and money to do maintain all the other board certifications, I think that would be ideal as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think because you've already put all this time and effort into it, you know, why not? I bet you can negotiate for someone to pay for your board certification. Right, exactly. (laughs) That would be the uh, ideal hope. So and again, there's so much overlap between the two. I took my family med boards certification just at the end of May of last year. And the questions Mm -hmm. are really very similar to what I see when I'm studying for my internal medicine boards as well. So there's, there's really so much overlap that I think it's a doable prospect as well. And do you think that you will stay in academia, like academic medicine, or maybe do private practice? Yeah, that's another really good question. And I haven't thought about that too much, but just based on, I really love to teach. I love to learn teach. Mm -hmm. So just based on that, I like the idea of being in academia, just because I feel like by nature, I'm very academic. I like to learn. I like to study. I'm trying to pursue additional residencies and fellowships on because I'm passionate about it. So based on that, I, I think I like the idea of academia, but I'm also open to wherever life kind of takes me as well. Absolutely. So lastly, what advice would you have for medical students as they're discerning their specialty of choice? I think it's to take at the end of each rotation, consider what you liked about it, what you didn't like, the style of things. So inpatient versus outpatient. Do you like surgery? Do you like the OR? Do you like procedures? Just to kind of take note of who you are, who you like to work with, what kind of style of medicine you like. And just to kind of take note of that, I think it's really one of the most difficult things is I think differentiating a good attending and a good preceptor versus a good genuine interest in a rotation because you might have like Mm -hmm. the best preceptor in the world and then maybe you get into it and you're like, man, I really, I, I don't think this is exactly what I was meant to do. So just kind of taking note of what you like. Do you like the subject? Do you like the style? Do you like inpatient, outpatient um, procedures? Just to kind of keep those things in mind. And then I always tell students it's okay to change. I, I think I'm very open with my story because I feel like in the way medicine is set up is we do these we have uh, this almost this pressure. We have to have everything figured out right away. We have to know mm-hmm. what we're matching into and we have to get letters of rack and research in that. And it can almost like since your first year, right? It, it's kind of stressful. Right. So I always tell students it's okay to think about it, to be undecided, to try to figure it out along the way. And I'm very open with my story with students in particular, just to almost give them a sense of ease. Like you can switch, you know, what you choose is not going to be what you're confined to to the rest of your life necessarily. And as humans, we change, we develop different interests like I did. So I think it's okay to have that, you know, have something in mind, try to figure out what you like. But if you realize down the road, um, it's not what you like, that's okay. I wouldn't say it's the easiest process and to try your best to figure it out before <laughs> you match. But yeah, because uh, yeah, of course, uh, it, it's definitely more time and more consuming than you kind of figure it out firsthand. But again, I think it gives some students a sense of ease to know that it's possible to switch. It's possible to switch different specialties. And that if you switch or if you change your mind or if uh, you realize other things about yourself, you learn more about yourself, uh, that it's definitely possible with the right support system to change uh, your career and go ahead and pursue what you're most passionate about. Yeah, I agree. We actually 
probably a year ago, interviewed a physician who switched from internal medicine into pathology. Mm-hmm. And for him, you know, like he hadn't experienced pathology in medical school. So especially for specialties where it's not part of your core rotation, it's really hard to know whether you'd be interested in it or not. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, like giving that advice that it's okay to change your mind. He echoed exactly what you said, that it's better, you know, to do that extra training rather than spend the rest of your career doing something you're not as passionate about. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. I think that's, and again, it always depends on your priorities. But I think for most of us, we're genuinely interested in learning and helping people. So it's just about finding the right fit for you. And yeah, that if it doesn't work out, then it is possible to switch. And you can always find a way to pursue your passions in medicine. Absolutely. So Thanks so much, Sam, again, for coming on and talking to us. I really wish you the best of luck in your second residency and then continuing your fellowship. Hopefully by the end of your fellowship, COVID-19 will be a thing of the past. We can only hope. (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much and, you know, happy 2020. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Rasa. And yeah, happy new year and uh, take care. Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to this episode. This wouldn't be possible without the support from our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate donations to help fund the production of this podcast. To support us, go to medicuspodcast.com, where you can additionally find show notes, links, and information about our guests. We are at Medicus Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or episode suggestions, please submit them on our website. This podcast is intended for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine. No patient-doctor relation is formed, and the content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Views and opinions are their own and do not represent any organization.